Today on this edition of Bold Steps Weekend, Pastor Mark Job reminds us that some habits can actually change your life. I believe in three minutes God can speak to your heart. I believe in three minutes God can speak to your soul. I believe in three minutes God works fast when we give Him time. We all know that our habits shape the way we live, but did you know that there are habits that we can practice that will actually transform your life? Welcome to our new Bold Steps Weekend program with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today, as we move forward in our series on habits, Mark will be answering that question and he'll be giving a unique 21-day challenge. So if you'd like to learn more about this program or discover more information about our daily sister program, Bold Steps, be sure to visit us online at boldstepsweekend.org. Right now, let's get started. Mark titled this message, Habits of the Word. So get into the Word. The sooner, the better. Because in the morning, you get into the Word, and there's a piece of the Word that's in your mind. You concentrate on it throughout the day, and you're reminded of what God is saying, and it begins to affect the way you live and the way you act. Now it says, and in His law, He meditates day and night. So, let's say you get up in the morning, and uh, you read a passage from the Bible. Now let's say you're just, you happen to be in Philippians, and I love Philippians chapter Four, but let's say you read Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And in the morning you read this and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So that verse is sort of ringing around in your head all day. And then you get in traffic and you start getting worried about being late to, to work because there's another accident on the expressway. But you just read in the morning, don't be anxious about anything. And so you say, God, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to lift it to you. God, thank you that you're in control and thank you that you're in control of traffic. And I'm going to thank you and bless you right now and not let worry and anxiety get a hold of me. And then you get to work and you're all about your business of doing your work. And someone comes and says, hey, do you know they pushed up the deadline? And you say, oh, no, we're never going to get this done. And you start getting frantic and start getting all nervous about something. And then that flashes in your mind. Don't be anxious for anything, but everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. And so you start thinking, God, there's a deadline here. I'm presenting it to you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to bless you. And throughout the day, you're meditating on what that means and you're applying it to your life and it's having an effect on the way you live and that's what it means to meditate on the word are you tracking with me so that you didn't necessarily memorize that verse but you remember what it says and you're thinking about it throughout the day and it's changing the way you live and it's affecting the way you go about your business why because you're meditating on the word now some people think I live a busy life. I mean, maybe those monks 400 years ago could meditate on the Word. I was at a monastery this past summer speaking at a conference, and the monastery was 350 years old, and it was a cloistered monastery, which means that the monks never left the precinct. They lived there, 
And they would get up at 3.30 in the morning and they would read some scripture and then chant a little bit. And then an hour later, they would read some more scripture and chant a little bit. And then 8 in the morning, they'd read some scripture and chant a little bit about six or seven times a day. They'd work in the field. They wouldn't talk to each other. They'd pray. They'd meditate. They would chant. They would say very little few words. They never went outside. They never left the, the, the area where they were at because they felt like we need to be separated from the world because we want to be holy people. Can I tell you something? That's not God's way for you to be holy. You see, the best way to be holy is not by isolating yourself in some cave and meditating on the Word of God. The best way and God's way is that you go out to the workplace and rub shoulders with everybody else and you you, but, but in the middle of it, you're still, you're still praying in your mind and meditating on the Word, and you're allowing God in the middle of your hustle and bustle and busyness to, to transform your life. Uh, it's not about living in a monastery. It's about the mother who has a one-year-old crying baby on her hip and a three-year-old over here who says, Mommy, Mommy, and another one in school and she's driving to soccer practice and trying to get her laundry done and getting all the dishes done and the baby's crying and, and, and teething and she's working around, but in the middle of it, she says, Bless you, God, for you are good and I'm praying and talking to you and, and, and I'm allowing, I'm not getting anxious, I'm bringing the godliness to my home and to my family. That's holy living. You see, it's not how holy you can be when you're isolated, but it's how much can God affect you when you're in the middle of the rat race. Your holiest moment, by the way, is not on Sunday morning when the band is blasting, the drums are going, people are raising their hands and we're singing in His presence. That's good, but that doesn't test your spirituality. Your spirituality is tested best when Monday morning you're fighting with traffic and trying to get somewhere on time and you have pressures and schedules and in the middle of that, you're remembering the Word of God. And in the middle of that, you're praying and, and talking to God and allowing God to influence your life. That's when you're the holiest. That's when your Christianity is really tested. Jesus said we are to be in the world, but not of the world, right? Don't try to isolate yourself from the world. We are supposed to be right in the middle of the world, rubbing shoulders with everybody else, but keeping our spirituality and our God-centeredness and the presence of Jesus inside of us. That's the kind of life that God wants us to live. Right in the middle of the hustle and bustle, yet bringing the presence of God to where we go. And so he says, and he meditates on his law day and night. Uh, listen to what it says in Psalms chapter 77, verse 12. I will meditate on your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Uh, Psalms 119, verse 15. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Psalms 119, verse 23. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Uh, Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
What, I, what my challenge to you is, I want you to get in the daily habit, the daily habit of in the morning reading the Word and throughout the day praying and talking to God so that you are walking in the presence of God no matter where you work, no matter how long your commute is, no matter what your traffic is, but you end up the day feeling like I've been in contact with God throughout the entire day letting His Word saturate my life. That's what I'm challenging you to do. I'm so serious about this because I want you to get into the habit. A habit is built in 21 days, right? A habit is broken in 21 days. And here's the challenge I'm giving you. I'm challenging our entire congregation that for 21 days, starting today, 21 days, that you would determine, I am going to get into the Word of God three minutes a day. You say, three minutes? Yeah, just three. Well, why not 10 minutes or 15 minutes? No, just three. I don't want you to become overwhelmed with an hour, half hour, 15 minutes. I want to, I want to do something that everybody feels like, hey, I can do three. Uh, how much is three minutes? How many seconds is three minutes? We got 60 seconds in a minute. 120, 180 seconds. That, that doesn't seem like super hard, does it? 180 seconds a day, I'm challenging you to get into the Word of God three minutes a day in the morning time. Wouldn't take you long. If you commute on the train, you can take your Bible and open it up and read for three minutes. You say, oh, people are going to think I'm weird. That's all right, you know. Pull it out on commute, three minutes. In the morning, you get up, have a cup of coffee, three minutes. Uh, why am I saying three minutes? Because I believe in three minutes, God can speak to your heart. I believe in three minutes, God can speak to your soul. I believe in three minutes, hey, God works fast when we give him time. I believe in three minutes, God can give you a thought, a phrase, a verse, something that throughout the rest of the day, you're saying I'm taking something away that the rest of the day I'm going to meditate on. You say, well, what am I going to do for those three minutes? Well, if you want to practice something a little bit more, and this may take you a little bit more than three minutes, um, I love the little acronym SOAP to help you out. S-O-A-P. A very simple acronym, but it helps you get into the Word of God. S stands for Scripture, so you write the Scripture down. I read John chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. O stands for observation. Whatever observation out of what you've read, you read something, you say, hey, God is good, or God wants me to lift my prayers up to Him, or God is faithful, or some observation that you have out of the passage. A stands for application. And you say, well, how are you going to apply it today? Well, I'm going to thank God, or I'm going to lift up my concerns to God. P stands for prayer. I'm going to pray that I can put this into practice. Very simple. So, Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Three minutes a day. Turn to the person beside you, lift up three fingers. Say three. 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 Only Three. That's what I'm chanting. Listen, if for 21 days you spend three minutes a day in Scripture, 
For the great majority of us here, it'll be the first time in your life that you have gone 21 days straight in the Word. Let me, talk, let me go to our third point now. I'm talking about disciplines that make a difference and starting with the Word, with the Word, with the Word. I'm talking about truths that transform you and getting into the habit of the Word. The third thing I want you to understand about the Word is this. You need to allow your spiritual life to be nourished and renewed by the life-giving power of the Word. Notice what it says in verse 3 of Psalms chapter 1. It says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. And what will happen when you do this? Listen. And then... This person will be like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yield fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. He's saying if you're able to put this habit into practice, this habit of meditating on the Word, there are several things that are going to happen to your life. Number one, you're going to be like a tree planted by the streams of water. There's going to be stability in your life. Have you ever been to a desert? How many of you have ever seen a desert, like real-life desert? Okay, and, and how about it? When you go to a desert, how many trees usually are there? None. And why aren't there trees in the desert? Why? There's no water. I, I, I remember going to Arizona, and... Um, there's the petrified forest, and there's a desert there. No trees anywhere, just rocks and a few cactuses. But there's no trees there. Why? Because there's no water to nourish them. And there was, when there's no water, trees cannot exist because they wither up and they die. Well, it's the same in our life. Anywhere where you see water, a lot of water, typically you will see trees because it, because it means that though that vegetation can begin to be nurtured and nourished. And the more water, the more luscious they become. And here's what the psalmist is saying, that when you meditate on the Word of God on a regular basis, what happens to you is you're like a tree that's right beside a river because your roots are constantly being nourished and you grow strong and you grow tall and you grow healthy and you grow vibrant. Why? Because you're constantly being nourished. Some of you say, I don't know why my spiritual life is so weak. I don't know why I struggle so much. Guess what? You know what? I'll tell you why. You're weak and because you're malnourished. And you're malnourished because you don't eat enough of the Word. It's like starving you for 21 days and say, okay, now go play the Colts. No matter who we have, if you don't nourish someone, they're going to grow weak and faint and not be able to go forward. In our spiritual lives, often it's the same because we don't get enough nourishment spiritually, so we find ourselves weak spiritually when we need to go forward. And it says... You will be like a tree planted beside the streams of water, which yields fruit in its season. You'll be a tree that's constantly yielding fruit. We'll be able to tell that there's life in you because you're yielding fruit. 
in our spiritual lives will start yielding fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of transformation, the fruit of conversion in our life. Why? Because we're being nourished in the Word. And it says, and whose leaf does not wither. Where you don't experience times of drought in your spiritual life or wither up spiritually. Why? Because you're being nourished. You have the power of the Word that's refreshing you and renewing you and transforming you and keeping you healthy and vibrant spiritually. And listen to what it says. And whatever he does, this guy that's concentrating and meditating on the Word, and whatever he does, what happens? Say it together. And whatever he does, prospers. Let's say it one more time. And whatever he does, prospers. The person that's meditating on the Word and applying God's principle to their life They start prospering in what they do. They start succeeding at the things that they do. Why? Because they're applying the Word of God to their life. You you see, the Word of God doesn't just affect your spiritual life. It affects your marriage, and it affects your parenting. It affects your mental health, and it affects your spiritual health. It affects your physical body and your Uh, well-being physically and it affects your finances and your education and it affects your career it affects every area of your life because it's the principles of the word of God as we begin to apply them to our life what it does it starts generating prosperity in our life it generates success in our life why because we're, not li- we're living according to the principles of the Word of God, and whatever we do starts to experience some success and some prosperity because we're not going off of our own thinking, but because we're applying the principles of the Word of God to our life and to every single area of our life starts to become healthy. Are you tracking with me? It's the power, the power, the power of the Word of God. When I was about 15 years old, I was challenged to begin to memorize Scripture. And I'll never forget, I I had this Bible that I got, and I started marking Scriptures that I wanted to memorize. And as a 15-year-old, God was getting, getting a hold of my heart back then, and I felt like I want to I meditate on the Word of God. The Bible says, How shall a young man keep his way clean by giving heed to thy word? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And I remember starting to memorize the Word of God. And I tell you what, over the years as I've memorized different portions of Scripture, memorized the Word, word of God and started early, as I, as I go about not just teaching and preaching, but just about daily life, that word surfaces, pops up. Thinking about something, talking, boom, the word's there. Why? Because I hit it here, here. Now it surfaces because it's the word, the life-giving word. This is not just poetry. This is not just quaint phrases. This is the power of the living Word of God. There's power there. Power to change and power to transform. Power to nurture and power to renew. 
power to keep alive spiritually and power to prosper, power to bring fruit in our lives. The living, active Word of God. And if I could just get you to begin to get in that habit of the Word, some of those spiritual lives that have been like this are going to start looking a lot more like this, a lot more steady, because you're getting into the Word. Imagine every day hearing a Word from God. I would love to hear from God every day. I wish He could send me an email. Well, He's done better than that. He sent you the Word. And all you have to do, every word is for you. You have to open up your spirit and say, God, I want to hear from you. Speak to my heart today. And then you go to the Word and you read. And I can guarantee you every day God wants to speak to you. And if you open up your spiritual ears and, and begin to read the Word, there is something in the Word every day that God has for you if you open up your ears and spiritual eyes and say, God, speak to me. Amen? Amen. One last thought I want to give you. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 14, that by this time we should be teachers of the Word of God, but you know what? Because we haven't applied it enough and we haven't listened to it enough that instead of being teachers of the Word of God, we're just babies in the Word. Uh, notice what it says. It says, the writer of the Hebrews says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic truths of God all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. Verse 14. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use, constant use of what? Constant use of the Word. They have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. You see, the way you get mature is that you allow the Word to get into you, and then you get into the Word, and then you start using the Word and applying the Word, and you become a mature person. That's what it says. And so what benefit does the Word have for us as we memorize it and meditate on it? Well, the Word helps to transform your thinking, Romans 12, 2. The Word corrects your heart, Psalms 119.9. The Word brings passion for God, Psalms 119, verse 10. The Word helps you overcome temptation, Psalms 119.11. Uh, the Word helps me to know God's will, Ephesians 5.17. The Word leads me to praise and worship, Psalms 138, verse 2. The Word helps me live and makes my life successful, Joshua 1.8. The Word brings a focused prayer life, John 15, 7. The Word encourages me to get into His Word even more, 2 Timothy 2, 15. The Word detects heresy, Ephesians 4, 14. Benefits of the Word. You're listening to Pastor Mark Job right here on Bold Steps Weekend. Today's message is called Habits of the Word, and if you missed any part of this message, you can listen to it again online at boldstepsweekend.org. Did you know you can also catch this program while you're out on the go? Just download the Moody Radio app and listen whenever and wherever it's convenient for you. As Mark explained today, developing a good habit takes time and patience, and that's why our latest resource is so important. Here's Mark to tell you a little bit more about it. 
Grace without truth becomes deception. Let me say that again. Grace without truth becomes deception. But the converse is just as real. Truth without grace is crushing and pushes people away towards lies. And that's why I like to recommend Randy Alcorn's book, The Grace and Truth Paradox, Responding with Christ-like Balance. It's our bold action gift this month. It's a refreshing read that will help you recalibrate your perspective and revitalize your hope as you focus on tried and true methods for living out the gospel. We'd love to send you a copy with your gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Once again, it's called Grace and Truth Paradox, Responding with Christ-like Balance. And if you'd like to make a greater impact this year, consider becoming a bold partner. Your monthly gifts will touch the lives of people across this country, and you'll get some pretty exciting extras as well. All right. Thank you, Mark. To request Randy Elkhorn's book, just send your donation and request in the mail when you write to us at Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Or request the book when you go to boldstepsweekend.org. Now, Mark, you said that it takes 21 days for a behavior to become a habit. Uh, Leave us with another challenge for the next three weeks then. This is one of the most foundational habits that we could develop. And Wayne, a lot of people get this wrong because we're looking at Matthew chapter 6. People repeat a prayer because they said Jesus taught us to pray this prayer. But really he said pray after this manner. So this is going to be powerful because I'm looking at the pattern of the Lord's Prayer. All right. Thank you, Mark. We'll hear that next weekend. Well, I'm Wayne Shepherd. That's all the time we have, but we will see you next weekend right here on this new Bold Steps Weekend program. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.